0: Welcome to March to the Pod, presented by Eternal Roofing. This is your consistent source for Sam Houston Athletics. We bring in, we're bring we bringing everything cats to your ears through the month of June. In this episode, Ben and I take a look at the offensive woes against BYU and whether it can be fixed. We're going to heap a ton of praise on a defense that showed they are definitely worthy of being an FBS-level labeled team. And then we're going to close with a preview and some picks for the battle against Air Force at NRG Stadium this week. I'm your host, Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on your favorite social media channels at Corey Hogue Sports. That's all one word, C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E and sports. I'm joined by the creator and manager of Sports of SHSU. That's all one word as well sports of shSU easy to remember too on Twitter and Instagram he's also the chief operating officer of the cat fund and a proud Bearcat alum Ben Sorrels uh Ben how are you doing today man
1: doing pretty good ready to talk what was uh, an interesting week one some really good some some really bad and, and some in between and uh yeah I'm ready to get into it
0: you know it was uh it was not good. We know this. Uh, we know what wasn't good. Was, was it a surprise that the offense struggled that much this week?
1: I think it was. I I personally didn't think the offense was going to set the world on fire. I think coming into this year, I had the expectation they were going to be an average, maybe slightly below average, FBS offense, but... Man, what we saw in week one just reminded a lot of people of what we saw um, pretty much every game last year for the most part outside of one or two games. So that was a little frustrating. Obviously, it's a really tough environment, really tough place to play. Um, But yeah, it it was really disappointing. I I know a lot of people are going to point the the, the finger at the quarterback, and I think that's part of it. But there's a lot of other stuff that went into it, and I'm sure we'll get into kind of the offense as a whole and what went into the the disappointing performance on the offensive end.
0: Oh, we're going to break it down. We are going to break it down because we would if they were successful. We would if they weren't. We're going to break it down. The defense, though, were, did you expect the defense to be that stout?
1: Man, I, I really did not. And like I said, my prediction last week was, I said, 34-17 BYU. And so I had our offense doing um, a little better than I thought, but I had our defense doing a little worse than I thought. So, man, the defense looked looked really good, especially in those circumstances, and they were on the field a lot. Um, offense wasn't really sustained in drives and they, they kept the team in it the entire night. I mean, really all the way up until midway through the fourth quarter, I thought we, we might've had a shot at it because the defense was so good. So um, yeah, as bad as the the offense was, I think the defense was as good. So a lot of good and a lot of bad.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. Now here's the question. And I think this is what is important because we're all on social media we see, we all hear, we all read. We know you're not happy, cat fans, and we we don't blame you, right? You you shouldn't be happy. Losing's not fun. If we you enjoy losing, you need another team. But if I had told anyone complaining that you would have been within 14 points of BYU, even if it's a 14 nothing shutout, I don't. I don't believe any of you complaining this week would have, would have, would have not taken a 14 point defeat to a Big 12 BYU on the road.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, a 14 point loss coming into the week, I would have, I would have taken it. And like, and I agree with what Casey Keeler has said. He said it post game. He said it today again in his, his press conference. There's no moral victories. I mean, you're not going to look at a loss and celebrate it, but, um, I think there's reason for for this team to be exciting going forward. I mean, this defense is it's really good, um, and if the offense can tweak some things and fix some things and find a rhythm, man, I think this team can be scary. So, no moral victories. Um, a fourteen point loss is about as good as you, as you could have expected. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what it looks like going forward. You know
0: who else doesn't have moral victories because they execute perfectly every time?
1: Who's that, Corey?
0: That's Eternal Roofing, Ben. Yeah. they 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 do a great job uh, all through hill country all through houston in fact let's just put state of texas if you need something done in the state of texas call eternal roofing ben we had a situation uh, goodness yesterday a couple miles from my house we had a wildfire growing up here and they called in the texas a&m forestry service and thankfully thankfully no structures were harmed nothing you know the vegetation got burned. Thankfully, nothing else. Nobody's house. No other business. Nothing else. But I thought it made me think. It really did. I thought, man, if something were to happen and, and this place needed a new roof, I'd have to call Eternal Roofing and Taylor Andrus, man.
1: Yeah, it's crazy you bring that up. There was actually a, a wildfire of almost five thousand acres just north of Huntsville this week, and so exact same situation. I mean, if you wildfire, rain, hail, storm um whatever it might be they've got you covered and ready to help that's for sure I
0: drove through that I, yeah. I was I was on 45 Saturday I came I came into Houston uh Saturday I drove into Houston stayed overnight and came back Sunday I saw the wildfires I saw that going on it's just devastation and when you've got devastation like that you need and, and you lose a structure you need people that care to, you need people that are empathetic And that is Eternal Roofing, and that is Taylor Andrews.
1: It is for sure, and he's a proud Bearcat alum and wants to help everybody that's interested in the same Houston, uh, these same Houston teams, and if you're a same Houston alumni, same Houston fan, that makes it even better. So, um, yeah, definitely no better place to go than Taylor Andrews and Eternal Roofing, um, definitely the place to go.
0: You can reach them in Montgomery County. I believe that's county, Montgomery County there, 936-215-8539. I show that I, I believe there is a Montgomery City. I, I'm not gonna lie; I don't know everything about Texas, man. It's a big state. It's big,
1: it's it's big. Yeah, it's
0: it's giant. I hear a new town every day. I'm like, where did they come from? They've got, they've
1: got 13 people, and they've won four one A state titles, or something like that. Just something off the wall. Oh, that's incredible. That is.
0: Uh, <laughs> if you're if you're in the Hill Country, eight three zero two five one five six. Seven three, or you can always email Taylor. It's Taylor, common spelling T A Y L O R at eternalroofingtx.com. dot com. Give them a call; they'd be more than happy to help you out. Ben, we are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Please like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on the various social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and threads at March to the pod, all one word, March, the number two, the pod. And we give a little hello to those of us watching on the Dave Campbell's YouTube page. Thank you so much for watching. And, and Ben, I don't think we can express enough here that if people really want to help contribute to this show, to this podcast, if they want this podcast to get even better, they got to do two things. They got to like it and share it. That's yeah. all we need.
1: Yeah, and they've done a great job so far. And I mean, I I know people on Twitter or or no X and cat fans and people that I talk to are are listening to it, and we definitely appreciate it. So make sure you keep listening, share it with your friends and family, and let's continue to grow.
0: Yeah, hey, we have we have definitely appreciated the love, the felt the love of the cat the cat fans, and we are very very uh, excited to keep going. Maybe not as excited as we were coming into that last game though, Ben. And uh, I'm going to say that was offensive. Okay. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. (laughs) That was right. uh, Yeah. The dad jokes are coming out. That's how bad it was. That, you know, only two drives of more than five plays, Ben. And both of those drives ended with an interception. Did you see anything from the offense that gives you any confidence it's going to get better?
1: Man, it's hard to say there's anything definitive, but if I there's there's two things that I think that we can maybe hang our hat on. The first one is I thought Noah Smith looked great. Um, he he had the most total yards of anyone that wasn't a quarterback. And this offense is really built for a guy like him with so much motion and there's so many sweeps and um, he's a guy that's really versatile. It can do a lot of things. He even had a 20 plus yard pass that was called back for a penalty. Um, So man, he looked good and he's one of the guys you need to look good. So I'd say that's one positive thing, even though it is really small. Then the second one is I think we did a good job at pass blocking. Um, We kept Keegan Keegan Shoemaker upright, had time to throw. Um, So yeah, if there's two things that really stood out that were good, Obviously they didn't result in any points or sustained drives or anything. Um I thought Noah Smith looked good, and I thought the offensive line when it came to pass blocking did, did their job
0: okay look i'm a I'm a believer and we just rip the bandaid off and we get this stuff out there
1: yeah. right well, that's and a little bit of good. let's get to the bad
0: <laughs> i am a believer I'm I, you gotta confront if you wanna know what where you gotta get better, you gotta tell yourself the truth and the truth is. Keegan Shoemaker was not great, maybe even not good on Saturday. but Keegan Shoemaker is one of eleven players, and Ben all eleven it, it it's not all of them all the time, right but but the the problem with the offense, and I think it goes back to last year, I think the real issue lies in. You, you don't have all 11 guys executing their assignment on a, on enough plays to get you down the field and get you consecutively to get you down the field and get you into the end zone. And sometimes it's a toughness thing, which is a mentality to me, because I, I believe everybody, you know, you work hard, right? We know the cats are strong. You got to believe you're stronger than that other guy. So some of that is is a belief in themselves. And then the other part, too, is just doing what your assignment is and don't try to do more.
1: Yeah, and I was exactly going to hit on that second part is you just have to you've got to fit your assignment. Um, we even watched a couple plays today that we were sending to each other where guys are missing missing blocks or moving to the second level when they shouldn't be or blocking the wrong guy and that that hurts stuff and that's a big part of it um, people want to point the finger at Keegan Shoemaker and I think he's part of the blame I mean he didn't have a great game but um, when you've got guys missing assignments when you have no run game whatsoever um, you're in a really tough environment first FBS game it's not going to look pretty and, and the officiating didn't help as well I mean there was an interception that should have been called back so Keegan was definitely part of it, but I don't think we can just point the finger at him. It's all 11 guys out there, and they've got to be consistent. You can have 11 guys moving in the right direction one play and then just screw it up the next play. Um, We saw some of that, too. I mean, uh, big chunk plays getting called back and penalties. So um, those are just some of the things that go into it.
0: Yes, and that's why it is a team game. It is is a team effort 100% of the time but you hit on something there that I think signals the biggest problem for the cats and what has been the cause of offensive woes since they won the national title. And that is an inability to run the stinking football. Ben, they, a pro football, was that pro PFF.com. Yeah. They grade every player team, all that stuff. I go in and I look at the grades. And when I see Sam Houston was rated last last in FBS and run blocking, that is a problem. And that is not a problem on the quarterback.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's why I say, I don't think all the blend can go to Keegan. I I think he deserves some of it. He he didn't play his best, but it can't go to all or can't all go to him. And, um, we saw flashes of the run game last year where it was good, but it was it was a big chunk chunk play. I mean, um, Zach Herbacek, th- th- just for reference, he had a game of 131 yards rushing and then a game of five and then a game of 111 and then a game of eight and then a game of 203 and then a game of 23. Um, so it's just so inconsistent and when they run the ball the offense is really good and so how can we figure out how to run block how can we figure out to get our our running back some space so to where they can work because I really like our backs but if they have nowhere to go um, they're not going to be able to put any numbers up so yeah the the run blocking and figuring out how to get the run game going is the biggest thing and if we can I think the offense can be okay but it's just a matter of can we do it
0: okay Keegan made some bad mistakes we, there was one interception he threw in the end zone. He threw it off his back foot. He was, you know, the left tackle was in the process of of getting beat and holding a guy to keep him from getting back there. But Keegan had time to step into the throw. He didn't. He threw it off his back foot, threw it short. An interception. But at the end of the day, Ben, Keegan was 18 of 33. That's not great, but that's not horrible. Like if you, you know, horrible is uh, 60% is where I want to see my quarterback be. He's not far from that.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and, and there's a couple of plays. I mean, there were some drops, um, there were some bad throws, but he's one or two throws away from being at that 60%. And he actually had more throwing yards than Keaton Slovis on the same exact amount of attempts. And so he was 18 of 33. Slovis was 20 of 33. I mean, besides the two or three really bad throws that he had, he was the exact same quarterback as Keaton Slovis was. The only thing is BYU rushed for 131 yards and Sam rushed for 60. um, And, and that was a big difference. So um. I think we just need to kind of support him a little bit. I, I know Keeler talked about give him, giving him a little bit of a leash and I think he probably deserves one more game before we give up on him. I, I think I put that in quotes. I don't think we should give up on him, but um, I think we need to give him one more game, see if we can put some better pieces together around him, Um And yeah, and we'll, we'll see where it goes from there.
0: Look, I get it. The quarterback is the face of a team, but you, I don't know that I can deal with this slander on him just a whole lot. Like, do you think BYU is saying that Slovis was not very good last week?
1: They're saying he wasn't great, but they, he got the job done. I mean, so that's, that's the point. I mean, if if Keegan completes one or two more passes and they don't call that one interception, I mean, there's a chance and we get that kick block. I mean, there's a chance we win this thing 10, seven or something like that. And we're saying Keegan did just enough for us to win it. So um Obviously, we want to see more from him. I think we need to give him one more week. There needs to be somewhat of a a short leash on him because we do have a guy in Grant Gannell behind him that's super talented, but um, I don't think it's all on him like we've talked about.
0: It's not at all. And I'm going to point to where this is. If you want to help Keegan, if you want to win football games, Ben, it starts and ends on that offensive line, and it starts and ends with running the football because you establish the physicality you have to be able to run the ball and gain three and a half to four yards per carry on average you need to BYU last week was 3.3 right we're going to get into the defense we're not quite to that point yet but I'm going to tell you 38 yards net yards we'll go with yards gained 60 24 attempts man that's only two and a half yards per attempt and some of those attempts are sacks or losses. This is, and it's not, and when I say offensive line, I'm not just, I, look, it is, we're going to give it to nine other guys. It's who I'm going to put the blame on right now, right? Because you've got to have those five offensive linemen. Typically they like to run a lot of 11 personnel. So there's a tight end in there. And, and you know what else? Your wide receivers have got to be physical and seal off the, the defensive backs in the secondary. You, you cannot run the ball for 38 yards and think you're going to win a football game.
1: And I'll even raise you one more of those 60 total yards. Uh, 25 of those were on runs by Keegan Shoemaker. So. Um, six. So if you take his runs out, that's eighteen attempts for thirty-five yards. Not even two yards a carry. That just shows how bad it was. Um, and that's a blocking. A on it.
0: That's a blocking. That's an execution. Yeah, that's not the running back. That's not the quarterback. That is. And and look, I'm not sitting here ragging on the offensive line. What I'm trying to get across here is that it is a team thing, and it was uh, the offensive unit. Did not do well. And if they have any pride, they will not look that way this week. We're going to get into Air Force later, so we're not going to quite start that yet. But, Ben, if I am KC Keeler, I'm going to my offensive line coach this week, and I'm going to my run game coordinator. And what I'm saying we're gonna do. We're we're gonna sit here. We're gonna figure this out. Yeah, ain't playing this no more. You're you're gonna get your guys. If they don't block, they come to the bench, right? Yeah. I'm a I'm a. If you don't do your job, you don't need to be on the field playing. And I think we've reached that time where it's time to set that. And and if these guys, if they don't want it, then they don't need to be on the field.
1: And Corey, a question for you, and I find this interesting, is the pass blocking, for the most part, was excellent, but the run blocking was terrible. Do you, do you think there's any reasoning behind that? Why Why is that happening? Because it, it's just two complete, completely different ends of the spectrum when it comes to pass blocking and run blocking.
0: It, you're not going to want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> you're not. Okay, what do I think it is? I could be off before I say this. I don't think that I am by far, though. It's two different techniques. And why the pass blocking is so good? It was good last week, right? It was good last year, I mean. It was good last week. It was good last year. Pass blocking's not been an issue. Pass blocking is something when you watch teams go out to practice, what do they focus on? They focus on those techniques of pass blocking, right? So when you get in the game, they've had lots of work on this techniques of pass blocking. But running the football is about one technique and that is your willpower over the person in front of you. That's, you want to break it down simply, you have to run the football and to run the football you have to have an attitude and that attitude is you're going to run the football because this guy across from me is not going to beat me. I ain't going to let it happen and until you get those nine people involved in blocking thinking that same way and executing, because look, man, it's a hat on a hat, right? It really becomes down to one-on-one you win that battle. And this is what I'm telling you. And I don't know if they're listening to this, but I hope they are. Cause I'm challenging you offensive line, tight ends, wide receivers you're the reason we're not running the ball. And it it's because it, it's not because you don't know what to do. It's because you're not doing it. It's because you don't believe in yourself, number one. And, and when you don't believe that you're going to, like confidence is a real issue. It, it's a real issue right now. Because when they hear a run play, they're not thinking, let's go. You've got to change your mentality. You've got to be aggressive. You've got to be mean. You have got to go out there and place your will, impose your will on the defensive line, on the defense. That's how you run the ball. And when you do that, everything else will open up. And that technique you've learned, that's going to help you on those play action passes and on the third and longs and things like that. But until they get that mentality and that attitude, and that's what I challenge them to find, find that mentality. Find your belief, find your willpower. Because without it, you're not going to stand a chance of winning very much this year.
1: Man, they need to play that in the locker room or maybe over the loudspeakers at NRG before uh before they run out, or maybe just for the offensive line group. I love it, and I think th- I, I think there's a I, I think there's only one way to go, and, and and that's up. I don't think you can get any worse than what we saw in week one. And as good as of a defense as Air Force is, which we'll get into in a little bit. I mean, the size that BYU has on that D line. Not that it's an excuse, but you don't really find many bigger D-lines than that. I mean, you're facing guys that are 25 to 30 years old. You just never know what you get with BYU. Not that it's an excuse, but um, the, the opponents you face the rest of the year aren't going to look like BYU. Um, and there's only one way to go but up. So a little bit of encouragement there. Obviously, wasn't very good. So hopefully we see some improvement this week.
0: There's two things that will cause the team to lose. Number one is... Blaming the is saying the opponent, right? Oh, they're big. I, I can't. That that mentality has got to go, mm-hmm. right? And now, uh, and that is a true. That's a real thing. The other thing is you can't you can't blame the officials, right? The officials, if you focus, you do your thing, man. They make bad calls, right? Referees are humans too. I don't want to hear it. All I, I don't want to hear excuses from this offense. I want to see a will to win. I want to see a will to dominate the opposing team's defensive line. You have got to have an attitude that you are going to run that football, and till they do, I I don't honestly. It's going to be hard to get three wins if they if they don't in it. it, it let me also say this: If I'm here saying it, and I am not a very smart man, I'm sure Casey Keeler and the offensive staff have seen it, and I have a feeling it's been mentioned a time or two this week.
1: Just a couple, I hope. <laughs> I would think. I would yeah. think so. Yeah. You know,
0: right now, Ben, the Cats' offense—they need—they need to feel they—they they need somebody to just kind of sit there and go, "Let's go. You're you're fine." you're going to be okay, right? Sometimes you need some encouragement. And sometimes that encouragement when you're a kid and you're putting in so many hours into the game can come from an NIL deal. And if you're a Cat fan, you need to be donating to the Cat Fund because that money, 100% of it goes right back to the players. And, And you know what? At a time when, man, that was rough, I can go, I I can go out and get this burger, my comfort food, and then we can move on to the next play. That means something, Ben.
1: It does. Yeah. And, And that's just one of many ways you can make an impact. Obviously NIL is a big thing now and it's almost a necessary thing you have to compete. So I would, I would highly encourage everybody to get involved, even if it's at the $10 level, but even if you don't want to get involved, I know some people don't really like NIL, go to a game, buy a ticket, buy season tickets, um, Whatever it might be, just get involved, pitch in, do whatever it takes to help. Um, NIL, that's a great way to do it. We highly encourage it. funds a great way to do it to support these athletes and and help these teams. But, man, pitch in however you can because it takes everybody um, and their strength in numbers. So um, do whatever you can to pitch in no matter what it is. And tell
0: us about the plans you have because you've got a wide range of them
1: yeah anything from ten dollars a month up to a thousand dollars a month and and with that comes stuff even at the lowest tier exclusive access to content um for games and players and stuff going on with teams and then you as you move up you get access to hats and shirts and um different things like that and then practice access and sign stuff um i know we're going to be signing some stuff here soon just to send to, to, send to some members so that's exciting um But, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on, and we're actually going to be running a giveaway here these next couple days for some seats front row at Energy Stadium, 50-yard line behind the sidelines. So um, that should be up here sometime in the next 24 hours, so be on the lookout for that.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Go back. I'm sorry, 50-yard line, what?
1: Yeah, right there, midfield. Ooh, midfield. Front row, right behind the bench. So that giveaway will be going on. It should be up here in the next twenty four hours or so. Or this well, is on Tuesday, so it should be up on on tonight or Wednesday at some point. So when when you're listening to this on
0: Thursday, it's out.
1: Yep, and you can enter.
0: Yes, enter. We record this on Tuesdays. You want to get in. You want to get entered quick. You're listening to this on Thursday. Get entered now because when is the drawing for that?
1: Yeah, we're going to have it on, I believe it's Friday morning. And even if you've got seats already, um, if you've got seats already, enter. I mean, these seats, they don't get any better. So if, you, if you're if you kind of pushed back in the back of the end zone and you want to upgrade seats, make sure you enter. So yeah, really good way if you don't have tickets or if you already do.
0: We need to get on the social media and start making sure we get some of that blasted out on these things uh, too, because I think, uh, I think drawing awareness to that would help get a lot more people involved into the cat fund there.
1: Yeah, any eyes we can get on cat fun, any eyes we can get on on the university and the athletic program is a big win.
0: You yeah, well, speaking of eyes, you know what the first thing I notice noticed when I drive up somewhere to a house, I noticed the roof, man. Yeah, and, and when you notice the roof, it, you could tell was it done right, was it done wrong. Eternal Roofing is the place to go if you want it done right. But it's not just that. They're a lot deeper than that. They've got general contracting services throughout the Hill Country and the Houston area. They can install, repair the roof. Then they can also paint interior, exterior of your home or business, install gutters, garage doors. They install floors, perform any woodworking need. If you need any crown molding or any shelf work done, they'll repair sheetrock. If uh you know if you've got a son who might maybe was playing basketball a little too rough in the game room and put his hip through some sheetrock or something crazy or you know like for me right now I've got a seven year old I- I'm expecting him to put one of these baseballs through the sheetrock one of these days that he hits uh, you you need to call Eternal Roofing and Taylor Andres they are they are your options for your roofing for your general contracting but also it's time to start thinking of this too, Ben.
1: Oh, are you Christmas lights, man.
0: Yeah, they are what... who you call for Christmas lights.
1: Yeah. That's what I was going to bring up, man. It's, it's hard to believe that we're pushing or we're in September, starting to push mid September. And I know people are putting it up as early as Halloween or so, which is, I don't know, six, seven weeks away. So yeah, definitely be on the lookout. If you need someone uh, to hang some Christmas lights, they do it all.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, they do. And, and, Man, it is, it is coming. Like we're starting to get to the point where I'm gonna have to start remembering that Christmas is coming because I get so wrapped up in football season. Often uh I end up asking the wife, Did, did you get everything at some point? <laughs> and then I and then she's like, Yeah, did you get me something? And I'm like, Oh, yeah, I need to do that too.
1: You also need you know who also needs to remember that Christmas is coming is this weather. Oh let, 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 let's cool this off a little bit. Come on now.
0: <laughs> Man, I was I was out at uh, msu's practice this afternoon and it's brutal on the on that practice turf man because when you're outside it's hot you stand on concrete it's even hotter you get out on one of those those fields that's got concrete and then the turf and everything it adds at least 20 degrees to you man it's crazy
1: miserable i'd be out there for the two three four hour practices that we had during even during the spring and it's 80 degrees outside and i'm i'm sweating and getting sunburned it's it's nuts, but yeah, call on Eternal Roofing to do that so you don't have to go out and do it in this heat because <laughs> he knows when it'll go away.
0: <laughs> let them burn or they can buy sunscreen, right? Like, you know, but yeah, you definitely <laughs> want to get a hold of Taylor at Eternal Roofing. They can take care of any of your roofing or general general contracting needs. Contact Taylor if you need to email him. It's the common spelling, T-A-Y-L-O-R, Taylor at EternalRoofingTX.com. If you're in the Montgomery area, dial 936-215-8539 or if you're in the Hill Country, 830-251-5673. Ben, I'm starting to get some of these down a little bit, man. We're starting to get rolling on this podcast.
1: I know what is this number 3? Something like that? Number uh, 3? I don't know.
0: I I what uh, episode's what 7?
1: Something like that. They all blend together. Don't yeah,
0: they? The, man. My, my days blend together right now. So it's just all football, all fun, all, all year long till this year ends. My life is consumed with football and there's nothing greater right now.
1: Yeah. That's the best time of the year. The most wonderful time of the year. We'll keep it with the Christmas team. That's right. You know, what else
0: was wonderful was that cat attack defense, man. My goodness. Did they prove that they are FBS ready? BYU, we talked about how bad the Sam Houston state, the Sam Houston offense was, right? They had the, the two drives of five or more plays. Both ended in an interception. You want to look at the other side? BYU only had two drives that had more than six plays. Both of those ended with a touchdown. That ended up being the difference. The margin in the game were those two drives by both those teams. You really want to break down that loss to BYU, and it's when the offense got the ball moving for each side, one team happened to execute better when they needed to over the other. But that defense executed tremendously throughout most of that game.
1: They did, and it was under really difficult circumstances. We've talked about how hard it was playing on the road there, but – it feels like almost every drive in the first half started somewhere around midfield or even on the San Houston side of things. And so you're defending a short field, which is really tough. Um, and they held you in it all night. I, I mean, like you said, our offense didn't really sustain any drives all night. So they were on the field a lot. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to find a a time of possession here, but. Oh, um, I got you on that one here. Yeah. I'm time of possession.
0: Uh, usually it's at the bottom there it is 28 oh no it's not as bad as you think BYU was 31 33
1: yeah 32 28 but yeah I mean they really had no break it felt like it just felt like they were out there all the time and they were making stops and keeping them in it and even when BYU had great field position they found a way to stop them from scoring even if it was a field goal Uh, BYU didn't even attempt a field goal so and the first drive of the game went for a touchdown and I was kind of kind of worried i was like this is where our strength is supposed to be but man they really locked it in after that and really gave up seven points for three and a half quarters
0: you know what that that first drive touchdown is called what's that that is called byu had watched that defense scouted had come up with things that the cats were not ready for on the first drive it happens quite often in the first game of the season, you'll see teams in the first, while they run their scripted plays, they run them really well. That that happens a lot in the first game of the season. And I think that is is what that first drive is attributed to.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of it too, and we saw them really settle in. And Joe Morris, I think has done an incredible job since he's taken over the defense a couple of years ago and he did a great job adjusting. So I think a lot of it goes to that. And this is a defensive staff, and the defensive line and linebacking unit especially that's been together for three or four years now they know how to handle adversity they know how to make adjustments and we saw that on full display and I thought it was really encouraging and um, man this defense it's exciting I think we can really hang our hat on it if the offense can just get going a little bit this team's going to have the chance to win a lot of games
0: okay so let's dive into these defensive numbers now yeah Starting with rushing, because let's face it, this week, that's by far going to be the most important thing, is stopping the run. 112 net yards, 34 attempts, 3.3 yard average. That is serviceable. I would like to see it closer to three.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of it too. Uh, really, the majority of it came from L.J. Martin, uh, the BYU running back in the fourth quarter. And I think that just came a little bit from the defense starting to wear a little. They still held up, held their own, but the majority of that came in the fourth quarter. But um, yeah, rush de- rushing defense was good, wasn't incredible, but it did enough to 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 be serviceable. I mean, they gave up 14 points and 3.3 averages and isn't bad. Try to get it down a little bit, but it's a really good start against the power five team.
0: That was the bad news though.
1: That's not even that bad. That's (laughs) not
0: bad. And that was the bad news. The good news is they held BYU, a big 12 offense to 257 total yards and 3.8 yards per play. They forced nine punts from BYU, which only gave the Cougars a chance to show us they got one heck of a punter. <laughs> but that, you hold a Big 12, Power 5 offense to 257 total yards. Ben, you're starting to get up into from good to great at that point.
1: Exactly. And this, I, I saw a stat that for the first time since 2018, BYU didn't have a throw, a completed throw, of more than 20 yards. And there was another stat that, that was the fewest yards that BYU has gained, gained in a season opener since 2000. Um, So really some historic numbers, um, historically low numbers for BYU uh, from an offensive perspective, which just kind of puts into perspective how good this defense was in week one.
0: It does. And let's give you a few more numbers. Third down conversions, five of 17. That'll play fourth down one of three. You do that. You're getting off the field and the defense they had the only sack. There was one sack in the game that went to Sam Houston. So the offensive line passing protection for both sides was pretty solid. Man, if this defense can give you a five of seventeen on third downs every week, you're gonna have to like your chances to be in it.
1: Right, and, and I think if there's one thing they can improve on, and I wrote about this in the Cat Fund exclusive section, I think if there's one thing that they can improve on, obviously it was a great performance. Is can we create a little more havoc? I mean, some more really big losses in the back, a forced fumble, an interception. Um, it was just a really clean defensive performance. Uh, only one sack, no interceptions, no fumbles. But can we do that and force some havoc, whether that be a fumble, a really big loss, an interception? I think if we can do that, that's when this defense can really even take another step to the next level. Okay,
0: here's where I'm going to be a little contrarian with you. I I understand the desire to create turnovers. But sometimes that can come that comes at a cost because to create turnovers, a lot of times you have to take a risk. Is that risk worth it? I, it seems to me that, that the Joe Morris defense is not gonna say risk averse, but it's more about you do your job, we're gonna make you march down the field on us, we're gonna make you go long drives to score you're going to have to work for it. We're not going to give you those big plays downfield.
1: It is. And there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously the turnovers and big losses, they're all uh, icing on the cake. If you get them, that's great. If not, and they put up a performance like this every week, I'll take it. But yeah, the the defense, they have the swarm and compete mentality, um, swarm and compete, go relentlessly for four to six seconds. And They live up to that. I mean, there were so many plays I remember watching where the ball would be swung out wide one where every single guy on the field in unison was sprinting towards that guy, um, all 11 of them. And that just kind of shows how disciplined this team is, how well coached they are on the defensive side, and why they're successful is because they have that attitude. Hmm. So what you're telling me,
0: Ben, is right now we have a defense with an attitude, a defense that says we're going to impose our will on you. The only thing missing is an offense that takes that same attitude towards the opponent.
1: Right. And I was even thinking about it today. I think the defense expects to dominate their opponent. They come out there ready to win, ready to dominate. I think the offense just goes out there, hey, and I'm not speaking for the players or coaches. Hey, if we can just do enough, if we can just do enough to to do this, or if we can just get by and score enough points instead of, hey, we're going to go out there and dominate these guys and put up 40 today. Because that's the kind of the attitude it looks like the defense has and has, has had for three or four years now. So um, just even just a mindset shift that, hey, we're better than the guy across from us, whether we are or not. And we're going to go out and win and we're going to put up 40 points, whether we are or not. I mean, having that attitude, it's a big difference because the defense, I mean, they come out there with an attitude and they come ready to play. Did
0: you hear Shadur Sanders this weekend?
1: Uh, a little bit. After the
0: TCU game, they asked him, they said, what are the differences in this level from FCS? And and Shador Sanders is was very open and very honest and showed a, a maturity that you could tell he is Deion Sanders' son. But what he said was 100% right. He said, first off, the only difference in talent level is the defensive linemen get off blocks a little quicker when you start to scramble at FBS level. Otherwise, you've got talent. Wide receivers are talented, running backs are talented, quarterbacks are talented, talent everywhere. What separates it is what when Shador starts saying, Man, I don't look at a name. Like I didn't look and go TY, I don't TCU. I don't care who TCU is, right? I get the I don't feel like the Sam Houston offense said, I don't care that you're BYU. We're gonna do our thing. Right, we're going to force it. I I do feel like the cat's defense said, "I don't give a darn about that sticker on your helmet. I don't care who you think you are. You ain't going to score." I I really honestly think it comes down. It is. It's not simple because that mentality is very hard. It's something you've got to work at all the time. But I really think that's the difference.
1: It, it really could be. I mean, it, it it's all about flipping that switch. So. It's going to be interesting to see what they can do moving forward. And it's going to be tough, especially this next week or two. But I think if we can see steady improvement throughout this year, it'll it'll be a positive. And one more thing I do want to touch on is uh, a guy that we talked a lot about this offseason is Quavez Humphreys. Obviously, he was not in the lineup. And Coach Keeler, um, this is something I knew on my end for a little bit now, but he broke it today at the press conference. Was He broke his foot um, about a week before the the season started. Obviously, a huge loss. Um, but not an excuse. So just an update there, a guy that we did talk a lot about that we expected to be a big part of the offense. Keeler called him, when he's healthy, one of the best receivers in the country. Uh, So he is out with a broken foot, um, and we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: Yes, that's a loss. But, but again, man, I go back to these other receivers. The reason why it's such a big loss right now for the offense is because you don't have – a whole group of other people over there going, okay, he went down. We're going to take his place. We're going to fill it. That it is. It, it's, it's a mentality. I'm stuck on that. That's what I'm going with today. Ben, you can't change me off of it.
1: I agree. I just wanted to throw that update out there since it was in the killer presser today and we can, we can officially say it out loud.
0: Yes, because we we have known about that for the last couple of weeks. Just horrible news, by the way, for Quavez. A guy who was coming in and out of JUCO got injured last year, which is partly how he got uh, to Sam Houston. He's got so much talent. If the man can stay healthy, hopefully he does come back in the second half of this year extremely healthy because we need that attitude. We need everyone else to have that attitude
1: as well. We do, and hoping, hoping the best for him. You hate to see that for for anybody. So, oh yeah, definitely.
0: Hey, uh, you know, Ben Eternal Roofing. They offer free detailed roof inspections, fast and professional service, and they give you no high pressure sales pitch. Exceptional workmanship warranties. And also they're going to use the best materials they've used certain teed shingles known for their superior weather resistance exceptional longevity and stunning aesthetic appeal and you may not know this ben maybe you've heard but eternal roofing is also specialist in commercial roofing. they have the ability to accommodate your hvac system and any other roof equipment and they ensure minimal disruption to your operations while they're either installing or repairing the roof you really want to give eternal roofing a call they do things right
1: they do and don't they have an email too what is it? eternal roofing tx is that they,
0: it? yes taylor. eternalroofingtx.com so you, if you want to talk to taylor say hey taylor i heard about this on march to the pod that would be great we'd really appreciate it if you emailed him and said hey taylor heard about you on march to the pod and we'd like to we'd like to inquire about about uh, a roof or general contracting or whatever we have Feel free. Common Spelling, T-A-Y-L-O-R, Taylor at EternalRoofingTX.com. If you're in the Montgomery area, dial 936-215-8539. If you're in the Hill Country, 830-251-5673. If you live far away, you could dial either of those numbers. It's crazy, man, how how that works these days.
1: It is. I mean, it's almost like you can reach anybody anytime. What is it called? A cell phone, I think? Hey, now, if you want me to date myself, I can go back to when we had pagers. <laughs> oh, come on, Corey. You're not that old.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I am.
1: <laughs> no, you're kidding.
0: Yeah. No, no. I, I had Pagers, the, the initial, the cars, remember the car phones? Was, you might not. I do. Big, they were bricks? Yes. Big, giant car phones, man. It, it, you had an antenna on top of the car that... that Those were the man, technology's progressed so much so well. And because of that technology, Taylor and his crew at Eternal Roofing have done a great job keeping up with that. And that's why you get the best product from
1: absolutely. And there's only one place to go for anywhere in Texas, especially the Hill Country and Houston area. Like we said, wildfires going crazy, storms probably popping up, hurricane season still. Make sure you've got them on speed dial, know their email so you're ready to go if you need something.
0: And I'm also going to say this. I'm gonna be I'm gonna I'm gonna word this carefully our state is not known for being able to keep its electrical grid <laughs> running at an efficient level. because of that you might want to check to make sure that if you have any sort of generator or something you might want to I would I would ask somebody to come by and take a look at some of that maybe Taylor could help you with some of that stuff I'm sure they could I'm sure they'd be more than happy to. And I would do it before the winter gets here because the summer's been bad, but we're in that El Nino period, and the winter is supposed to be cold and nasty and wet.
1: You know your weather. That, that was, That's a good term right there, El Nino. <laughs> oh, I, uh, there.
0: yes. There's three things I follow. There's three things that I know a very little bit about politics. I know a very little bit about weather, and I know a little bit more about some sports. And there we go. That's me, man. <laughs> anything else i well no i do have musicals in there too <laughs> I'm a, i can be well-rounded sometimes ben
1: <laughs> you are you're a jack of all trades
0: and look man i had to get my wife somehow it ain't looks. we all know that
1: <laughs> come on don't tell yourself short I'll
0: tell you, look humor <laughs> and uh fa- and theater phantom of the opera things like that It helped bring her in. I needed all that. Trust me, all the help I could get.
1: got to pull all the strings. (laughs)
0: That's right. I'll tell you who else might need help this weekend, and that is Sam Houston because the Blue Falcons of Air Force are invading. And if you were in the military, a little shout out to you, if you understand what I'm talking about there. The Blue Falcons come in, Ben. Tell us a little bit about Air Force because this is going to be tough, man.
1: It is. It's going to be really tough. It's a team that's consistently won 10 plus games the last couple of years. And it's a team that wins a lot and it all starts on the defensive side of the ball for them, which is probably something Sam Houston fans really don't want to hear. So yeah, they were first in scoring defense in all of the country last year, giving up 13.7 points per game. They returned the ninth most percentage of tackles of any team in the country. So they're, they're all back for the most part, maybe not all back, but their big guys are back. So uh, defense is really stout. They've gone eight straight games of giving up less than twenty points, so that's another one. Um, but man, they're they're really stout on the defensive side. On the offensive side, I think a lot of people know about the triple option. They've got a new quarterback this year, uh, kind of a track star, has doesn't have a ton of experience playing quarterback, but that triple's hard to defend no matter who's back there. So that's kind of just a brief look at kind of who Air Force is this year. They do well. They do run the
0: ball well. their run blocking grade, Ben, for a team that is solely focused on running, was 66.6 last week. Uh, Which, by the way, is only 0.2 points and one spot higher than Sam Houston. And it's right in that range of some teams in that range. Alabama, Auburn, Louisville is tied with Sam Houston. Texas Tech is right below Virginia Tech, Penn State. We're talking about some pretty good defenses. Got to throw Rutgers in there, man. I got to. I got to throw that. My my wife would would love to know that Rutgers got mentioned on the Sam Houston podcast. It, it's for a team that runs the ball as much as they do to be sitting in that area with as good as we know this run defense can be for Sam Houston gives me a little bit of hope this week.
1: It does. And they only returned five starters from last year on the offensive side of the ball, losing their running back and their quarterback, who are probably the most vital parts of that offense. And so um, and their last and their game last week was against Robert Morris. A team we talked about this a little bit off air, was a 0-11 in the FCS last year. So with kind of a glorified scrimmage. And this is that offense's first real test, and they haven't really faced anybody um, that's really competitive with this group. So it's going to be interesting to see how they fare against a good defense in Sam Houston.
0: Yeah, because I do wonder,
1: Ben, how much a team can gain
0: if the other team doesn't really present much of a challenge throughout that game. It, I mean, I, I get it. The score may not show it, but Air Force dominated that game.
1: They did. Yeah, it wasn't even – I mean, it was 28 nothing and a half. It probably could have been 50 to nothing if they wanted to. Um, yeah, they're they leaps and bounds better than Robert Morris.
0: <laughs> and a lot of that, too, is, is that Air Force – wants to wear the defense down they want to keep them on the field they want to get those three four yard plays every single down they do it they do it very well they're going to surprise you occasionally with the pass I don't I'm not worried about the pass I'm worried about stopping that I don't know if we want to call it option flex veer whatever you want to call it we have got to stop. That's what you got to stop this week. And it's not easy.
1: It isn't. And that's and there's a reason why beginning in spring training or in spring training camp, fall training camp, the, the defense would devote 10 to 15 minutes, probably at least once a week, maybe twice a week, to, uh, to figuring out how to stop this triple option because it's just so unique and something you really never see. And, and Keeler knows it's something that you have to prepare for a long ways out. And so this is something they've been looking forward to. And it's going to be interesting to see strength on strength, really. I mean, triple options is really tough to defend, and we've got a really good defense. So it'll be interesting to see which one breaks first.
0: So they've been practicing it a while, but this isn't the only triple option team they face this year, is it?
1: Yeah, Kennesaw, Kennesaw still runs some of it, I believe. Um, So they're still in it. Jacksonville State is extremely run heavy. Not that they're running the triple. But, um, yeah, Kennesaw I think you'll still see. Some of it, I believe. I don't think they're running complete triple option still. And, and Keeler's played some triple teams in the past when Kennesaw State was completely triple option. I think he mentioned today Georgia Southern was completely triple option when he played them when he was at Delaware. So he's got some experience, but man, it, it's tough to defend.
0: You mentioned Jacksonville State, their run blocking is
1: right there, even with Air Force and Sam Houston. How about that? It's gonna be an interesting matchup in a couple weeks. I mean, they they've had UTEP is not very good they had uh, FCS uh, East Tennessee State but they've got two tough ones they've got Coastal Carolina and Eastern Michigan coming up so we'll really see where they stand before they come into Sam Houston
0: yeah we got to know where Sam Houston stands first and that means they've got to go to NRG this week they have got to they have got to take it to Air Force this has got to be a game where. I feel like we got to come out. I'm not saying a win. I'm saying we got to see an attitude of dominance is what I'm looking for out
1: of Sam Houston. Yeah, and it goes right back to what we said. It's all the attitude. I think the defense is going to come in with that attitude of ready ready to win, ready to dominate. Let's see if the offense can do it. And I think that's really what it hinges on. The defense is going to keep you in games, but can the offense win you a game? So we'll see.
0: And let me explain another part of human nature. If you're doing your job and you're doing it really well, but the other person on your team is not doing their job really well, you're going to stop doing your job as well because it's a human nature thing. So that means we need the offense to come up, right? We need that offense to get up there and start matching some of this.
1: Yeah, because it, it is really deflating. I mean, you're going out there and putting up a three and out almost every drive, and then your offense does the exact same thing. It's it's not exactly encouraging. So hopefully we can kind of see that flip flip starting this weekend, hopefully. Okay. Now it's time to Let's see what them.
0: we think. What I mean, the spread currently, ESPN has it at 14 and a half. It started at 17, Ben. There's a lot of money coming in on the Bearcats.
1: I think and I think a lot of that is they saw what we did on defense and they think it's it's probably just gonna be a 17-6 game and, and we'll cover or even 17-3 game and we'll cover something like that. So I think that's where where the betting line has kind of get gotten compressed, is people have seen what our defense have done, has done, and, and they've kind of pushed the money to us.
0: Yes, I agree. That has been a big part of it. Um I also think some of it is the Air Force offense because they are a time-consuming beast. Yes. If they score quickly, this game's going to get ugly. If they have to be methodical, this defense forces them to drive, there's a chance. 14 and a half, and we say this a lot, it's a good number. It's a really good number from Vegas, Ben. Who? What do you think? You think they cover this week?
1: I, I think they cover. I think the hook really helps. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'll, I'll give a score prediction, too. And people are probably not going to be happy if this is the score. But I'm going to say 20 to 6. Um, I'm going to say Air Force wins 20 to 6. That that puts it under on the total. They, they cover the spread. Um, it's a 14 point difference. And so I think that's about where it's going to be. Maybe a 23 to 10, 23 to 9. But I'm probably going to settle on 20 to 6, just with how strong their defense is and what we know about their offense yes which
0: brings us to the other one the total 37 and a half you say 20 to 6 that's 26 is there any chance this reaches 37 and a half
1: man i i really don't think so they scored 42 against robert morris last week they we can definitely take off one touchdown and even if we don't score i mean which some people think we won't i think we will but even if that happens, that's 35 and we're still under. So I, I don't really see this going over unless uh we, we get a touch from heaven on our offense and we just start putting up points left and right. Because I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to go under. Okay, you gave your score prediction.
0: I'm going to give mine. You ready for this?
1: I'm a little worried. What is it?
0: 27 to 10. Okay. I'll take it. I have Air Force covering. I have it under the total. Yep. And not as far under the total as I would think it would be. But it's still under the total. I, look, that 37 and a half, that's a good number if if you are into degenerate gambling, um then by all means go find you somewhere where it's legal and put something on that that under the, for the under on that 37 and a half.
1: I think that's the best bet for this game it is the under. I, I don't, if our offense goes for 13 to 20 points, I think we have a shot to win it. It's going over. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think their offense is going to score more than 20 points or so. So I think that under is virtually a lock. So you have the cats covering and
0: I have the Falcons covering close. And we both have it going on the under this week.
1: Yeah. And, Hey, if we put up ten points against the Air Force defense, I think uh, I think some people might be relatively pleased with the offense. I mean, it's a step forward, especially against maybe one of the best defenses in the country. So, um, let's, let's be honest.
0: Let us be honest. If you get ten points, that's much better than than the zero last week. If you get three points, I think you got to start. Uh, you get need points. We need something. I and mean, they had chances last week, Ben. That's the thing. They had a chance. They just – it didn't work last week. I think it does this week for at least a touchdown and a field goal. That is at 7 o'clock Saturday night, NRG Stadium, CBS Sports Network. It's in Houston. It's going to be hot. But it is 7 o'clock. Go out there early. Get your tailgate, tailgating set up. Show Show the Air Force people – what makes that game at NRG Stadium so special to the Cats fans? Yep,
1: yeah, and thankfully it's indoors, one. And two, you bring up the home field advantage, man. If we can get twenty-five to 30,000 in there, that place, it gets loud. And I think there's a scenario where maybe we come out hot, the crowd gets really into it, defense is firing on all cylinders, we make this really ugly and we win 10 to 9, something like that. I, I think that's still in the equation with the kind of defense we have. So I say twenty to six, but man, I, I think there's a there's still a chance that we come in there, really muck it up and find a way to pull out a W. Not gonna put any money on it, but I think there's still a shot with our home crowd behind this. And that is on CBS Sports Network for
0: those of us who need to stream the game, uh, because we will be in a, a different location, like myself. I will be in San Antonio this week, Ben. I, I will not be back in Houston, so I will be streaming again this time on CBS Sports.
1: And I'll be live there at the game somewhere. don't know if it'll be on the field, press box, stands. Maybe I'll go play some quarterback for us if it comes down to it. I, I think I have some eligibility, but I'll be there somewhere. <laughs> maybe, maybe you could deliver the recording of
0: my motivational speech to Keeler.
1: That's what I'm there for, yeah. Maybe that's what life.
0: it's for. Yeah. <laughs>
1: i'll find a way
0: (laughs) ben we made it through another one man and they haven't kicked us off the air just yet thank you so much and we want to thank you the listener the viewers on uh, youtube thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate it without each and every single one of you none of this is possible until next time ben take us out with a victory and eat them up cats